sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Another fantastic edition of TM5 Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling here along for the ride with me is my co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgeway. Matt Ridgeway, fresh off an AMS outing that looked good for a very long time for the 41 car, man. Uh, just, you know, plate plate racing, which is what AMS is now. You get caught up in other people's junk, for lack of a better term, and I mean that's what that's what happened to y'all. Great strategy, phenomenal strategy. Just got caught up in somebody else's wreck. Yep. Uh, so that is uh, four for four at Speedway Race. I think. Hold on. Let's see. Daytona wrecked mm-hmm. Atlanta. Okay. First Atlanta, we lost a motor. We didn't get wrecked, but we lost a motor. Um, at Talladega wrecked, and then Atlanta wrecked. So three of the four. Uh, got wrecked i should point out i would be remiss to say that ryan priest the fault of none of those wrecks nope nope and it's uh you know that's that's sort of restrictor plate racing but you know i feel like you and i get on this podcast every single week and we talk about the 41's luck and yeah it it's just terrible man it's just and it's not like it's not like at ams this past weekend y'all were running in 29th and got caught up in a, in a big wreck that happened around 13th or something. Y'all were a top 10. Y'all were running in the top 10. And yeah. just it's so frustrating, dude. So frustrating. I, I didn't, I've mentioned this to you. I, I, wa- I watched Ryan. I know he qualified. What did y'all qualify? 13th, I think? Um, uh, yeah, 13th. 13th. And, and during the race, man, I, I, I didn't think the car alone had top 10 speed just from what I saw. But the strategy that y'all had, I mean, time after time, just hitting home runs on pit road and, and getting this strategy just perfect and and putting ryan up there for a, for a chance to battle for a top five top ten i thought that was a great job by, by your crew chief and everybody that was involved in that strategy call yeah so we knew right at the start of the race that um a tires were not going to be much of a factor they don't wear while the asphalt at atlanta is aging beautifully in my opinion it is wearing out in a hurry um, thank God. And they'll have to, they'll, eventually they'll have to get rid of this pack. Or, I mean, if they're, if this package races like this, I guess we can live with it. Because what we've saw, what we've seen at the first couple of Atlantas is just two by two, follow the leader, um, boring parades. This, I've heard people say that this was the most exciting race uh, they've seen this year. Um, but we'll get to that, I guess. Uh, I digress. Uh, back to we the like jumping the gun here. <laughs> back to the strategy at the start. We knew tires weren't going to be much of a factor in the race, and we knew that we were racing the rain. I think uh, on our pace laps, the crew chief told the driver, hey, it looks like the rain is on the way, and once it gets here, it's a complete washout. Yep. So we'll be, at this moment, from where I'm sitting, it looks like we'll be lucky to make it to halfway. Um and if we do make it halfway, that's that's where we're aiming. So strategy was in play right from the start of the race. Early caution, we came get four tires, make an air pressure adjustment, 
so Ryan could uh, get a little bit better. And then from there on, we did two two tire stop, two right side stops, and a fuel only. Yeah. Uh, so my my left side tires on that car set two that went on during that first caution uh, wound up running the rest of the race. I think it so. was. I think I saw a graphic when when Priest finally spun, and I think I think he had 156 laps on those left side tires or something like that. Yes. It might have been more. Um, yeah but it was a lot it was it was a lot of yeah. laps uh it was a lot of laps and we'll, we'll circle back to the cup series and the rain and all that um i i was really hoping i'm glad i'm glad you got halfway because it rained all night it rained yes. all night in georgia and i don't know i don't know if y'all have been able to race monday uh, maybe late monday night um but probably you know nobody do that no no I, I, selfishly as a fan i wanted that to happen because i wanted to watch the whole race but i i, I <laughs> acknowledge there are thousands of people involved in nascar that have lives and families and everything you know so it's one of those things i wanted it to happen but i a million percent see the reason why you know there's thousands of people out there that were going against me that didn't want it to happen and you know i'm, I'm sitting at the house not doing anything watching tv drinking beer y'all are out there working in the in the heat and the rain and uh, all that other stuff. So, but we'll circle back to the Cup Series here. Uh, let's get through the uh, the Craftsman Truck Series at Mid Ohio. Thought it was a great race. Uh, Corey Heim scores the second Truck Series win of 2023. The start of the race was comical. Uh, there was slipping and sliding, off roading, on roading. It really made for an exciting and entertaining start to the race. I, I forget who was on the broadcast. Uh, but whoever was on the broadcast, they were like, you know, this is the type of weather you expect a truck to excel in. Like, they're trucks. They're supposed to go off-roading. They're supposed to go mudding. They're supposed to be able to go in the water. They're supposed to be able to go in the rain. He goes, it's really appropriate that we're getting this type of race at a truck series race. And it it made for an interesting uh, a start to the race. Uh, Corey Heim started from pole and grabbed his second win of the 2023 season. But it was anything but straightforward for him. Uh, with the massive amount of chaos in between the green and checkered flag, the frequent contact between trucks produced 10 cautions for 23 of the 67 laps and stretched the race from a projected 2 hours and 17 minutes to nearly 4 hours. When you add in all the cautions and the rain delay and, and all that, there's only two races left in the regular season for the trucks. Uh, Nick Sanchez in eight. Matt, uh, 9th, Matt DiBenedetto, 10th, Matt Crafton, 11th, Stuart Friesen, and 12th, Tanner Gray. So all of those racers from 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th are only separated by 29 points. And the top 10 make it, and the rest do not. So with two races left, uh, Truck Series is coming down to it. It's going to be exciting uh, two races for the final regular season. Did you get to watch any of the, in the, any of the Truck Series this weekend, Matt? I did not. What was I doing during the truck race? Uh, I was headed back home because I stayed. I stayed in Heard County with my in-laws, um, and so by the time we were done qualifying, we qualified. Oh wait, trucks was Friday night. Trucks oh, was, I was. No, I no, was no. Driving trucks, down. trucks was Saturday. Trucks was Saturday. Yeah, trucks was Saturday. Well, uh, tr they were. Trucks was at uh, one p.m. on Saturday, and they ended up not starting until like two thirty or three. Uh, and then Xfinity, Xfinity and Cup Series qualified, and Xfinity ran Saturday night. Uh, the the trucks the trucks raced Saturday like around noon, or they were supposed to. I should have been at the track Saturday around noon. Maybe I was there. No, I was working. I don't know. I I didn't see the truck race. I don't know where I was or what I was doing. 
I had to have been at the track, um, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember the trucks being there at all. Oh, it was at Mid Ohio. The trucks were at Mid Ohio. Yeah, the trucks weren't at the same yeah. racetrack. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, man, you had me all messed up. <laughs> yeah, or the I trucks weren't at the same track. I had all my myself all messed up. Yes, the trucks were at Mid Ohio. Yeah. Yes, I saw part of the race. Uh, it was actually on the hauler uh, from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, when during the free time, ours was a two-day show this weekend. We came in, did everything Saturday, um, so pretty busy on Saturday. I, I was aware of the race. I watched a little bit of it up in the uh, the office area, but I was mostly working during the truck race. Yeah, and y'all had a uh, y'all had great weather for Saturday. Uh, it was it was hot, obviously, but I mean it's Georgia in July. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, little, there was a little bit of a breeze, no rain. Y'all had y'all had good weather on Saturday to do all that stuff. So. Um, but a good, good running up in uh, up in Mid Ohio for the Craftsman Truck Series. Going to be an exciting uh, two races left for them in the regular season until we get to the chase for playoffs. Stupid format. <laughs> uh, Xfinity at Atlanta. They were in Atlanta. They were not at Mid Ohio. They had a, a eight o'clock start. Um, There's some great side by side racing, man. Through stages one and two. First half of stage three was a bit of a parade. Uh, but side-by-side racing, three wide at times, four wide uh, towards the end of the race, made for an exciting end to a competitive race uh, on a Saturday night. John Hunter Nemechek, despite only leading three laps and not having the strongest car, stole the victory in overtime at AMS. The only time Nemechek led was during the overtime after a push from Daniel Hemrick powered him into the lead after the final restart. Uh, Nemechek won for the first time at AMS and for the fifth time in his career, finishing 0.2 seconds ahead of Daniel Hemrick. Cole Custer came home third, followed by Collard Racing Justin Haley, who held the lead for the final restart but couldn't hold on to it for the checkered flag. Custard, had, Custard has 11 straight top tens dating back to Richmond in April, and, and you and I, probably 11 starts ago, were kind of talking about Cole Custer's confidence going into races we thought this was a guy that was going to have probably five six seven wins this year and he just hadn't hadn't got him and it seems he's got a couple wins i think he has two wins now uh and he's starting to roll off some really good performances top tens and everything so it seems like cole might be getting a little bit of that confidence back that it seems like he was lacking at the beginning of the season yeah for sure um that team is starting to roll i think the amount of I was talking to somebody on that team the other day, but the amount of points that they've made up on the field uh, in the last, I don't know, two months uh, after the first five or so races with two wins and a couple top fives is ridiculous. That that uh, team is only so far a couple like I want to say less than 10 points out of the points lead. Um, you can look that up. I'm, I think you're right. You yeah, it. it's it's very. Yeah, I got. I should get it right here. Yeah, they, they, they are, are close. They are getting close in a hurry. Uh, let's see. There's 16 different types of standings you can go to. Um, they are. <laughs> uh, they're 45 points behind John Hunter Nemechek, and they are projected third right now in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, if if you look yeah. at the start that Cole had, the fact that he's in third place and 45 points behind John Hunter Nemechek. That's insanely, insanely impressive. Yep. Uh, they are they are gathering momentum in a hurry. Uh, Which we knew that. Right? I mean, we said that before the season started. Right, right. Uh, Colleague Racing had some of the strongest cars but couldn't get Justin Haley and Daniel Hemrick to work together on the green-white checkered, which was very weird 
and both of them have been very boisterous about the lack of teamwork on the green white checkered. Um, even even the guy who is I don't remember who the I don't remember who they were talking to, but one of the head honchos at Collier Racing was interviewed after the race, and he was none too pleased with the lack of, of teamwork between uh, Haley and Hemrick. And we were listening to uh, the NASCAR Sirius XM after we went there. We you know we sit in traffic for an hour and a half trying to get out of AMS. Um, yeah, and and we were listening to it, and they interviewed they interviewed Haley and Hemrick, and neither one of them were uh, were too happy about either one not teaming up with each other and not working together. Yeah, well, that's both of their problems. Uh, <laughs> they, they had a chance to uh, work together, and they chose to race. Well, really, uh, I guess more to blame is the guy in second place. Yeah. Uh, who who was that? What's his? Which one was that? That was uh, that was Justin Haley, I think. I think Haley finished third. Um, yeah, and I guess he got out and said that he was running out of fuel, so he went to the bottom. Uh, but he. Uh, interesting i've never seen a car get faster when they run out of fuel by going to the bottom <laughs> so uh don't know don't know if i fully buy that one but i guess you know i wasn't in the car yeah uh, it was it was it was odd it was definitely odd i didn't i didn't really notice it when i was in the stands um just because i'm not as familiar with the cars anymore like when i watch it on tv and they're telling me about who what teammates who's teammate and all that stuff like i could pick it out but you know at the track uh, I couldn't really. Uh, Austin Hill, I thought, had the strongest car of the day. That 21 car was insane. Um, and I texted you after the race. I said if I was Austin Hill, I'd go up and punch uh, Parker Cleveland right in the jaw. As soon as he yeah. got out of the car, I'd go punch him. Uh, after watching replay uh, of the wreck, it, Parker Kligerman never got into Austin Hill. He, he got up on his quarter panel, took the air off his spoiler. Austin Hill just lost it. That is what it is. That's racing. Uh, you know, that wasn't – it wasn't anything dirty. But from where I was sitting in the stands, uh, I think it was coming around turn four, the exit of turn four, it looked like Kligerman got up into Austin Hill. And I was I was, I was, a, little, I was a little fired up. I was also about <laughs> seven or eight bush lights wide deep. Um, but, but yeah, after after watching after watching the replay, he took the air off the spoiler, and you know that, that, that is what it is, man. That's racing. Yeah, yeah, it it is. Uh, I actually didn't see that uh, again. Didn't see the Xfinity race. I was traveling home because uh, I had an hour and a half drive both ways, uh, which was worth it to stay with my in-laws. But but by the time I got home, uh, I think I caught the end of the Braves game with the Rays, and uh, and then I pretty much went to bed. So <laughs> didn't see that. I actually woke up to your text um, saying that if I was Austin Hill, I'd punch Parker Flegerman in the face. <laughs> that was my that was my wake up on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, but it, uh, I saw on Twitter, and then uh, I never followed up with you, but I did see on Twitter. Uh, I, I thought you might have kind of changed your tune. Yeah. That was... I, I kind of got a sense that maybe that was a, a blind reaction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was one of those one of those things when you're at the track and you perceive something to have happened. And, dude, these guys are going 170 miles an hour. So, you know, when you get to watch it in super, super slow-mo the next day and see what actually happened, yeah, you change your tune a bit. Um, but, yeah, yeah so, I, so I went to the races this weekend. First, first race I've been to... Man, I don't, I don't know. Since I was probably 16, uh, it's, it's been a, it's, I'm 34 now. It's been a very, very long time since I've been to a race. Took my kids. 
Um, took my reluctant wife. She went with me. Uh, not a big fan of, of, of NASCAR, but she did go. And we had a blast, dude. We, we had an absolute blast. Uh, all the kids stayed invested for, it was a 160 lap race. And I would say all the kids stayed invested for probably 120 to 130 laps, somewhere around there. Um, watching, you know, my, all, both my boys sort of knew what was going on, knew the cars that we were cheered for. And, um, you know, my daughter was there for the snacks. She was a big snack fan. So, <laughs> you know, we got her we got her a bunch of snacks. All the festivities outside the, the stadium were cool. Uh, you know, they had a bunch of... Um, bunch of little photo op things and they had like dogs doing tricks and carnival rides and uh they had a great time man they had an absolute great time it was uh it was weird dude i you know when i was little i grew up with nascar i i held a lot of my a lot of my childhood is tied around nascar and um a lot of sentimental value uh for me around nascar and um i dude i i, I don't know what it was my uncle and, and me and my, my granddad you know we used to go to nascar races and we grew up racing and uh i dude the first when the when the green flag flew and the entire pack came by and the smell and the sound and uh, dude a wave of, of emotion hit me and I, I almost started crying in the stands um, I don't know what it was, but it was, it, it was just like being there with my own kids, with my own family, and like remembering when I was their age and going to the races with with my uncle and my granddad, and like all that stuff. Like I, I don't know, I got very emotional. Um, but it was neat. It, it was really cool. Uh, and there's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like a live NASCAR race in the world. I I, I don't care the baseball game, hockey game, football game. I don't care what it is. There is nothing in the world like being at a live NASCAR race and getting the feel and, and hearing it and the smells. And it is one of the most most breathtaking sporting events you can go to in the entire world. It, it really is amazing. Yeah, it is. I, I wouldn't trade my job for the world getting to do that every Sunday and see that every Sunday. Uh, it's i'm glad everybody went i'm glad everybody had a good time if you have never been to a nascar race uh i highly recommend it and right now atlanta is an entertaining one to go to you most of our listeners listening to this podcast that should be feasible bryce what did it not to not to ask you for a dollar amount but was it financially feasible for you to take your entire family to the racetrack oh uh, absolutely or was it was it a little steep no it was we paid i got five tickets and all three of my kids were free uh, and me and my wife, I think, paid forty or forty-five dollars a piece for the tickets. Um, so, so ticket-wise, we got out. We, we were under a hundred bucks ticket-wise, uh, and we sat. I, we sat. I've never sat on the front stretch at AMS. I've been to a ton of AMS races. When we went, we always used to sit on the back stretch. Um, and and you know, I was going there preparing to sit on metal bleachers in the sun for an hour and a half. So we have hats. We have. You know, the little seat cushions, uh, we have sunscreen, we have all this stuff. We get to our seats. A, it's covered. I, I didn't I didn't remember those seats being covered, but we were covered. So no sun, nice little breeze, and we were actually in stadium seating. I, we weren't on metal bleachers like I thought we were. So if for $45, at, now we went to an Xfinity race. It would have been more expensive to go to a cup race, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for, for, I mean, for $45 a ticket, yeah. I mean, the the only expensive thing was, and this is add-ons, like you don't have to do this, the amount of beer I drank. Um, 
so you know but I, that kind of goes hand in hand uh and and dude I, I can't tell you how much money we spent on merchandise uh, we bought i think everybody got a shirt and a hat and that's like forty dollars a piece and um but i you know it's one of those things like i never got to do that as a little kid when i'd go to nascar races like i would get those little dollar matchbox out of the big bins they used to have big bins set up in between haulers and you'd go get like one two dollar matchbox cars and that's all we could afford and like when we go to events like this i'm like i can afford this now like yes go buy like unfortunately my oldest son likes chase elliott uh, and he bought, he bought, he wanted to chase Elliot, the little Jersey things. And I'm like, absolutely go get it, man. Thousand. I never had one of those as a little kid. Go get one. Um, and so, yeah, he, he got that and it says Hooters across it. And, uh, Grayson is now a fan of Harrison Burton. Uh, he has, okay. he has no clue who he is. Uh, doesn't know anything about him, <laughs> but he's number 21. And that's Grayson's favorite number is. That is, there's nothing wrong with picking it. <laughs> That, if you know nothing else, dude, that's a that's a foolproof way to find your driver. Yep. So he's he's a Harrison Burton fan now, and um, I, I looked around. Uh, I was get, I was getting a little a little perturbed because I couldn't find the Stuart Haas Racing hauler, but it was like Stuart Haas Racing and one other race team were like combined in a hauler, so it threw it, me off for a second. Was it Penske? No, it was. Roush Fenway Kozlowski, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was Roush Fenway Kozlowski and SHR were all in the same merchandise hauler, I believe. Um, I yeah, because we were walking around. They have three thousand Hendrick haulers with as much Hendrick crap as you want to buy. And yeah, my, my, old, my and oldest son, Elliot, has his own hauler. He does, and yeah, he got he got a good penny out of me. Um, just, you know, I. <laughs> Braxton, Braxton went up there and took a picture, and Emily was taking a picture. I said, Braxton, when she takes the picture, point up and yell, Daddy's money. Um, and there was a bunch of Chase Elliott fans around me that didn't find that funny, but I thought it was funny. Uh, but, yeah, we, so we, we eventually found the Stuart Haas Racing uh, trailer, and I got me, a, got me a Ryan Priest hat and a Ryan Priest shirt. I thought I, thought I looked very official. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all, all together, ticket-wise, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but uh, ticket-wise, it was under $100 to get in. And, I mean, you don't, you don't have to buy shirts. You don't have to drink as much beer as I did. Uh, but it was it was a great time, and, and, and my kids enjoyed it so much that they, they're literally begging me to take them to another race. So we're, um, we're seeing I, – I, I've, I've been toying with the idea of going out to Talladega uh, depending on uh, Grayson's football schedule. But that would be, you know, they were very impressed with the size of Atlanta Motor Speedway. And I'm like, oh, man, like, take you yes. out of Talladega. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. So we're, we're yeah. talking about Dega and, and Bristol. So, but, yeah, great time. Highly suggested. Uh, go to the Xfinity race. It's shorter. It's cheaper. There's not as many fans there. And you get just as good, if not better, competitive racing than the Cup Series. It's, you know, if you're on the fence, just go. Just go. It's cheap. I like it. Yep. Uh, all right. Switching over to the Cup Series race that we sort of talked about a little bit at the beginning of the uh, of the podcast. William Byron wins a rain-shortened race at AMS on Sunday evening. The, the racing this weekend, I'll be honest with you, Matt, it completely shocked me. We talked about it last week that we were afraid it was going to be a two-by-two -two parade. And other than the first half of the third stage in the Xfinity race – 
there was not a lot of two-by-two two parading going on either Saturday or Sunday night. Now, Sunday night, probably more so because of the rain that was coming that, you know, you had to get – essentially it was half a race that you were racing, so it might have been – they might have got a little bit more racy early on. Uh, but the track surface seems to be coming into its own. The narrowness still does suck a little bit. Uh, but side-by-side -side racing and even three-wide and four-wide racing seemed – pretty natural and normal for for both fields uh saturday and sunday yeah yeah absolutely um i the crowd on Sat sunday night was freaking amazing which Hi, for a sunday dude. i couldn't i had a hard time believing that and honestly i said this earlier in the year the crowd um in in the spring was pretty good um but it uh at the same time in the spring the, it was like 40 degrees on race day so freezing um, cold yeah so obviously expected a bigger turnout this time around and uh it it certainly did not disappoint it was it was amazing yeah it was you know just sitting sitting at home on sunday i would have loved to have gone to the Xfinity, uh, the, the cup series race but i felt like that was probably gonna be too long for for kids to sit yeah. for their very first nascar race plus the the threat of rain so um, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was great racing. It was packed out. It was great to see. Um, and we kind of already touched on this earlier on the podcast, but you know the track seems very easy on tires. Uh, Priest's left sides were like 156 laps old, I think, or something ridiculous like that. Just right sides and gas, just about every single pit stop. Um, that was do you did, now? I guess, I guess did you talk to anybody uh, tire wise? that saw more wear this year than they did last year. Like, I wonder how old that surf, how quickly that surface is getting old. Like, I wonder if next year when we come there in the spring, if, you know, getting two tires is going to be unfeasible, uh, you know, by the time next year rolls around. I, I don't think it will. Um, it could be, but I, I would be surprised. Uh, I think in the spring, uh, it will still be, especially with the cooler weather when we go there, two tires will still be an available option um in my opinion okay and I, I can guarantee you when when you come back in the spring i don't care what i'm doing i i, I will be at that race uh wh whether whether my kids have games that day or, or what it is we will be we'll definitely be at the xfinity race eh, we'll, we'll see how the cup you know we'll see if they have the uh the attention span for a cup series race um <laughs> but i can i can guarantee you we'll be back we'll we'll be at both xfinity races next year they they had an absolute blast. Uh, NASCAR has to address this issue. And, and I've brought this up quite a few times in the podcast. And it seems like every time I listen to scanners, um, th this is an issue. The amount of caution laps that NASCAR runs for minor spins is way too damn high. I, I mean, the fact that we had eight caution laps for when, when Harrison Burton spun is inexcusable and i i just don't get it yeah i uh, there there was a lot of talk about cautions this uh weekend the consistency of them as well as the length of them uh especially the last one which uh unfortunately involved us uh and nascar made it pretty clear it it became self-evident that NASCAR never had any intention of going back green. They knew the rain was a matter of minutes away. And rather than make any attempt to get back to green racing or even open the pits, they just let us run circles until 
uh, it was raining hard enough to, to bring him to pit road. I've never seen that. I, I've never seen that in any type of motorsport where you're you're literally just running caution laps and waiting for the rain so you can throw the red flag like that. I thought that was that was horrendous. I, you had plenty of time to run two or three laps uh, of green flag racing right before that rain got there. And, you know, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there because a Hendrick car was leading and it was William Byron. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that say they, they did that just so Hendrick could win. And I'm not saying that's not true, but you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was honestly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. It was, it was enough to give us a, a, just do a green, white checkered like that. You know, you know, the rain's coming, you know, give me a green, white checkered. It wasn't, it wasn't a situation like oh, we that had been, been chaos because <laughs> that, that would have been a disaster had they decided to just tell us this is a green, white checker. Good luck, everybody. Uh, it, it, given the two, they, between, between your option and what they did, they, they chose the right one. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it could have been, I think we could have gone back to green, yeah. even though rain was coming. We could have gone back to green in my he could have easily gotten two or three laps in i think and, and then and then yeah. thrown it yeah so i i think it's a fail on nascar's part but it was it, it was a crappy ending to what was a phenomenal race weekend for all of nascar whether it was the trucks up at mid ohio that put on a great show xfinity and ams that put on a phenomenal show cup series at ams that put on a, a half a show but it was it was great to see um, this weekend all around for NASCAR was was a great weekend, and I think it was a good follow-up weekend to what everybody considered a, a very competitive and entertaining race weekend in Chicago um, two weeks ago that, that I think yeah. was that was, That's was another competitive. Back-to-back uh, best races of the year. So. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. How, how did you enjoy working in Chicago in a scuba suit? Uh, I, I loved it, man. I, I made the most of my time in Chicago. Um, obviously, I wish the weather would have been better. Uh, can't do anything about that. It is what it is. But as far as the weather, you, you can't control it. And it is, I just had fun. I've been wet before uh, in my uh, my life history i've had uh experiences where i was absolutely drenched to the bone so this was nothing uh nothing that i couldn't mentally adapt to there were some there were some sorry faces uh looking around um i was not among them i was stomping through the puddles having fun i got uh the Stuart haas social media actually caught me on camera playing in the water um the I don't know how much of it made it to social media, but the uh, the track house uh, racing, the 99 pit crew, uh, they actually had a boat race with water bottles um, <laughs> because there was that much standing water in the pits. Uh, you could, they had a boat race, and then they even took a tire, a race tire, a Goodyear tire, and put it, laid it down in the water and spun it, and it floated away like it started Whoa. to sail. Uh, there was that much water. So we just had fun. I mean, I the race itself, it, the track did a phenomenal job drying once the rain stopped. Um, it, it dried, it, it was raceable in under an hour, uh, which is insane going from almost shin deep water uh, to, to 
ready to race. Um, granted, on wet tires, but I'll take that. You know, I'll take anything as long as it means I'm going home tonight, and not still in Chicago on Monday. Uh, <laughs> but that said, we had a good time in Chicago. We went to a Timmy O'Toole's Sport Bar. Highly recommend if you ever find yourself in downtown Chicago. Never heard of uh, that. I'll have to put that on my list. We, I got some. Um, Oh man, I can't remember the name. Giordini, Giordani, something like that. Uh, Chicago pizza. Uh, I I was previously not a fan of Chicago pizza. We talked about this. Um, I my it was a transcending experience, Bryce. It changed. It blew my mind. I've had Chicago pizza before in Chicago. Not a fan. Wrote it off as I would never try it again. But I found myself forced into a situation that I didn't choose. And rather than starve to death, uh, I decided to partake in some Chicago pizza, and it blew my mind. It changed. It changed everything. Wow. Like I, it's like we just rewrote science, and Pluto is a planet again. <laughs> uh, it, it, it changed my life going forward. Uh, I even it was so good. I brought some home for the entire family to try, and they all loved it. Um, just it's now Jess's mission in life to go to Chicago just to go to this place and eat this pizza fresh out of the oven um, so <laughs> the experience was fun the weather was terrible uh, the race was awesome I thought what I could see of it um, I had a great time in Chicago and uh, a one-off driver of uh, Van Gisberger uh, won one up in up in Chicago so is he yep. is he is he locked into the playoffs now no, no, no. Okay. You have to be a full-time driver to be eligible for the. Gotcha. So, okay. so he is he is out. But uh, did we did we or did we not say last week to watch out for Shane? You did. Van you you one thousand percent what said to watch out for Shane Van Gisberger, and um, he won it. Yes, he did. Yes, he, he did. did. He he drove a perfect race. Absolutely perfect. One of the cool things I think I, I you might have seen this. It was on TikTok. I think I think I sent it to you. Is um, Van Gisberger was using the uh, clutch, and you don't technically need to use the clutch in in these Cup Series cars. But he was saying the, the what does he drive the V8 supercars in Australia? He was saying that they the way they rotate and the way they act and the way they get grip. If you use the clutch, it's it's just a little bit you can handle it just a little bit better if you can have the footwork. I mean that that's something that I don't think a lot of casual race fans really understand is go watch the footwork to some of these you know V8 supercars and especially old like older like uh, early 90s late 90s F1 guys the heel to toe clutch accelerator gas like the footwork they have to do is, is something it's beautiful it's like a dance and van jisberger did a really good job up in chicago last week at doing the doing the foot race doing the foot dance thing he he did an awesome job and uh yeah like you were saying the in these cars is the ability to rev match uh which eliminates the need for a clutch you just have to know when to shift basically uh, so I'm not going to break down how a transmission works for everybody, but <laughs> but our guys are used to rev matching. They know the RPMs where you can shift gears uh, to what gears, and, and it eliminates the need from a clutch in basically everything but your initial roll-off. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think it, it word got out pretty quick. Um, I think Shane um, Van Gisbergen messed up when he let a... Uh, them put a camera in his car because <laughs> word spread 
pretty quickly that his driving style was different than anybody else's. And when you show up having never run any NASCAR in your life before at any level, and you roll out your P3 in practice, uh, that's gonna turn some heads. And while I wasn't surprised, a lot of people were. A lot of people were like uh, embarrassed, I guess, that, that he showed up and did that good. I, I couldn't have been more proud. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a great story, great for the sport. Um, I know there were people who think that that it was, I've even heard that it was flat out rigged because of um, <laughs> the, this guy coming up, showing up and winning. It just doesn't happen. Uh, but that's that's what makes it so cool is it just doesn't happen like that anymore. Yeah, so congratulations to uh, Shane Van Cheeseburger on winning uh, up in up in Chicago, the street course. I know every everything I've read uh, and everything everybody has said, other than the weather, which you can't control, they, they they were very complimentary on everything that NASCAR did, the stuff around it, um, the racing itself. Uh, everybody had nothing but great things to say, other than the people that were complaining about the city of Chicago and the people that worked there and how douchey they were. Uh, when trying to get everybody to leave because of the weather delay. Um, and if, if you want to hear more about that, I highly suggest go listening to the uh, Door Bumper Clear podcast from last week because uh, they get into it and they don't pull back any punches and it's absolutely hilarious, uh, you know, sort of their take on it. Yeah, uh, man, I watched, um, what's that guy's name? The... It's escaped me. What the one of the spotters on there, Brett Griffin. Yeah, Brett Griffin. Brett Griffin just talked mad crap about the race all weekend long, and then he did nothing on the podcast but talk good about it. He, I've never wanted to fight somebody in my life more than I wanted to fight that guy this weekend because <laughs> he just pissed me off. Like all he did all weekend was just trashed the sport and the idea and everything like i get it if you don't want to if you don't think that this is the right decision or that chicago is the right place to be um but but just let everybody who wants to have a good time and make the best of it enjoy it without just trying to bring the whole thing down on twitter all weekend <laughs> i just feel like maybe uh, i know I'm a racing traditionalist. We've talked about this on the podcast. I don't love the playoff format. I don't really even like the playoff format. I don't like uh, stage racing. I think I don't like all the gimmicks. But but once a you know once a race has been picked, it's still a competition. Like, I don't care where we're going. We can race in the Atlantic Ocean to the Titanic, and I want to win that. Like I I don't care if it's Chicago Street Race. I don't care if it's Quebec. I don't care if it's Australia. I don't care. Once once the, my tires are on the ground, all I care about is winning. And um, it just drives me crazy to see somebody just trash the sport and not even give it a chance um, just because they don't like the, the location or the, the venue or the city. They have issues. I get all that. But just shut up and go race or don't, don't come like he didn't. He didn't come to the Chicago. Good. Don't enjoy Myrtle Beach and keep your mouth shut on Twitter. Like, because the people that are here are trying to make the best of this situation, we're going to race with or without you. The sport may have passed you by, bud. Uh, 
because so, it's not like you used to do it. But so how does that work? If, if you're a spotter and just don't go to a race, like do you not have the same spotter week in week out? Does it change? Yeah. So for some guys it does, some guys it doesn't. Okay. Um, he's on a limited schedule of spotting, so I, I don't know who. I don't even know who he spots. I don't. For. I don't either. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. I don't care when he's around or not. I don't think anybody else does either. Um, but whatever the deal that he's got with colleague is on a part-time deal. And I don't know if he chooses them or they choose them or what, but, um, yeah, like for, for Ryan priest, he has the same spotter every week. Yeah. And I still uh, don't understand what the hell he's saying half the time. Who Andy? Yeah. Like just the lingo, the lingo that he uses sometimes to oh, tell priest, like where the line you. is, what the line is doing and all that. Like I'm trying to pick it up and I'm like, Dude, I, like this is—he's like almost speaking a foreign language to me. Two by two, two back, coming up three quarters. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I'd be yeah, into the wall. Especially Atlanta, it's, it comes yes. at you quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even like road courses, uh, we have two other spotters that that were part of the Chicago Street Race. But Andy is the main. Andy is the main voice that you're hearing that Ryan hears all year long. I like I like him. I've listened to a couple spotters, and I like the way he is very. I don't want to say monotone because that sort of sounds derogatory, but it, it's he's it's neutral. yes he's neutral yes doesn't yes he's neutral in his tone at all time. Even when Ryan is frustrated or he's frustrated, yeah, he's he tries to speak with a neutral tone with just information. Even and even when he's giving his opinion on something. Mm-hmm has to do it neutral yep he almost removes emotion out of it which is which is really really good and he just i mean he just delivers it straight um which I, I i don't at least a lot of the spotters that i listen to not everybody's like that and i think that's that's a that's nice to have a a calm voice in, in your helmet uh you know when you're especially at a race like atlanta where I, dude you're probably your nerves are probably shot at the end of a at the end of an atlanta race same thing with like talladega or daytona like you know, you're probably yeah. over there shaking, need a, need a beer to calm you down. Um, but, yeah, great weekend. Great weekend two weeks ago at Chicago. Great weekend this past weekend at AMS. Um, I don't know if a bush light has ever tasted as good as it did this weekend when I was sitting up there in the stands and just listening to the roar. Uh, it, was, it was it was fun going back, you know, going back to sitting there. We got our kids um, earplugs and headphones to wear. I'm like, I have massive hearing damage, and I'm 99.9% sure it's because of NASCAR when I was a little kid. I was like, we're not taking those chances um and emily was sort of making fun of me and i brought i brought a couple extra and they went they went by like two or three times and emily looked over me and grabbed the headphones and stuck the headphones <laughs> and stuff i had in and they were going they were going about halfway through the race the caution came out and told the kids i said when a caution comes out if you want to take your headphones off you can it's fine they're then they're not pulling as many rpms and uh, braxton took his headphones off he was like dad why aren't you wearing headphones and I said, I said, son, I've, I've grown up with NASCAR. It's done as much damage as it possibly do to my ears. I was like, it doesn't even phase me anymore. I was like, it's not even loud. Like it's just, it's just cars going by. Um, so he got a kick out of that. But, uh, but yeah, it was a good. The only thing I regret is I didn't know you had to uh, schedule scanners ahead of time. I didn't know you couldn't just show up to the uh, track and get scanners. I did not know that either. Yeah, and I, I even I brought my I brought my AirPods to try to listen to it on my phone, um, but it, it was just it's not loud enough. Like my AirPods were not yeah. loud enough to, to hear it, so um, I was I was a little bummed out I didn't have my scanner. But that's one thing I'll I'll you know fix the next time I go to the track I'll I'll order scanners and you know 
I, uh, I told Emily the day before we went there, I said, uh, I said, I said I, I've never told another woman this in my entire life. Tomorrow night, do you want to share a scanner with me? And I um, thought she was going to divorce me. Uh, you know, that was uh, that was there. But, yeah, you got you to gotta pre-book, your, uh, pre-book your scanners. Um, this weekend, y'all are heading up to, where y'all going, Pocono? Uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire this weekend. Y'all are, when are, you, when are you heading up there? You heading up there tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. we get on the plane tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Uh, so we'll probably go out to dinner or something tomorrow night um, and hang out. Got some uh, got some bad news for you, pal. What's that? Weather's not looking fantastic up in New Hampshire this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. So, no. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't know. It what I looked at yesterday was eighty percent every single day this weekend. So, I, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, already, uh, the track's like underwater right now. So, <laughs> hopefully that improves. I, I don't. I don't know. I'll, I, I'm going to give you the schedule. This is what the schedule is supposed to be, folks. And if you're a NASCAR diehard, or diehard like we are, and you want to watch everything, just check your local listings and follow social media because I can guarantee you this is going to change. Um, we have the Wheelin Series. The Wheelin Series uh, will actually be on TV, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, it'll be on Flow. It'll be on TV. It'll be on Flow Racing on Saturday, but on Friday. Uh, we start off with the Xfinity practice on USA at 5.05, and they qualify at 5.35 on USA. And then we flip the script over to Saturday. Cup Series, big boys, they practice on USA at 12.05, qualify at 12.50 on USA as well. And we have the Am Better Health 200 at 3 p.m. for the Xfinity race on USA. And then the Mohegan Sun 100 at 6 p.m. for the NASCAR Wheelin Modified Tour. Uh, that will be on the Flow Racing Network. And then we flip it over to Sunday at 2.30. We have the Crayon 300. Really digging deep for sponsors there. Um, that will be on USA as well. And one thing that I, that I forgot to mention uh, this past weekend with the Cup Series, um, I believe it was on USA as well, uh, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up to the USA Network for the lack of commercials they had during AMS. It was a breath of fresh air flipping over from Fox to USA um, and, you know, to NBC, who's going to be picking up some of the bigger races. Uh, I assume NBC will probably be commercial laden, just like Fox was. But USA, two thumbs up. Phenomenal job of not going to commercial every single possible second you could. Um, Made the race much more enjoyable and had a had a beautiful flow to it good i didn't i didn't uh i have not heard feedback on nbc's broadcast quality yet so that's uh that's good to hear yep yeah missed a couple wrecks um that that could be a little bit better uh but the lack of commercials was just the chef's kiss on top of a a great great racing weekend matt who, who you like uh this week up in new hampshire short track home home track right I like us. I like it. I like this the confidence, the, baby. The weekend, I'm not picking against us. Uh, we Ryan Priest is going to be on kill, and it may work. It may not work. We don't know. I mean, we could qualify 25th and race 16th. I don't know. But uh, this is the one that we've had circled on the calendar for a long time. Uh, I, I think since the day Martinsville was over, and we realized that we really lost a shot at grabbing a win. Um I think we all kind of agreed that this would be our next best shot. If we could do that at Martinsville, we could do it at New Hampshire. Um, I'm picking us. 
I love it. I love the confidence, man. That's my pick, too. I'm going with y'all this weekend. Uh, I'll be sitting there at 2 o'clock in a Ryan Priest shirt with a Ryan Priest hat on with my earphones in listening to Ryan Priest's uh, uh, radio call. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about it. This is the one we, you told me a couple months ago that this is the one that you think is going to be it's going to be a very, very good chance of y'all getting a win and getting solidified into that playoff spot. I, I, we could win. You know, you've got a chance every week, you think, uh, with – with Ryan, if we hit on a setup, he's good enough to get the job done. Yeah. Um, this is, if we can hit on the setup this week, Ryan knows this track. It's his home crowd, his home racetrack. It'll be, it will be exciting. We we have everything, the tools, and we've shown this year that we expect to have the speed at the short track to compete, where maybe we're lacking at mile and a half and overall speed. Um, we can we can run with the best of them at restrictor plates and short tracks, and um, this is this is one we've had circled. This is one we're excited for. And it, I'm excited. It honestly surprised me how well y'all qualified this weekend at AMS. I, I wouldn't expect that, but I forgot that was a that, that's a that's a plate race now, right? That's a that's a plate yep. package. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I, I forgot I forgot that because we got to the track. I, I wanted to get there early and watch everything that the day had to offer, but that was that would have been stupid on my part with the kids. Um, but we got to the track, and I saw all those S- uh, 13th. Ryan Priest was the lowest SHR car. Everybody else was, you know, in the top 10. And I was like, that's really good speed out of him. I forgot it was a plate race. So, um, I think yeah. we were the best the SHR cars in the race. So maybe we percent. have yeah. a little drag in the car that may have hurt us in qualifying. Not much because 6th to 13th end a big fall off. But we, we raced really well. That car was flying. Yeah. Uh, especially when he got it up in the top groove. He was he was making up three four car lengths uh, on cars in front of him by running the line he was running. So and it, 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 seemed, it, it was fast. It seemed like early in the race he was a little reluctant to go up to that top groove too, and that's I mean that top groove was working in the Xfinity race and the Cup Series race, but it seemed like he was a little hesitant to go up there. Yeah, he, I think that's just the confidence that he has in the car right now. Uh, he's he is always a little hesitant to run the high line he prefers to be on the bottom i think that's kind of his short track background a little bit coming into play that's at a short track that's the low groove is where you want to be it's where you're going to want to be in new hampshire this weekend so i think it uh i think he doesn't love running the top line uh but once once he trusts the car and gets it rolling clearly he can do it so so you're telling me ryan priest is more of a more of a bottom than a top uh, those are your words, not my words. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this weekend up in New Hampshire, I'm putting my money on Ryan Priest, man. I think they are going to get it uh, done this weekend. Um, IndyCar didn't have anything scheduled this past weekend. No running for IndyCar. Uh, they do have a race this weekend in Toronto on July 16th at 1.30. So that's, that's kind of a nice scheduling. 1.30 start. I'll be able to watch you know, about, about an hour, hour and a half of that before the, uh, before the Cup Series starts. So, you know, you'll be able to catch a little bit of that Toronto. And then Formula One this past weekend was in Silverstone. Um, great race. Really, really good race. I mean, Max won, of course, obviously. Uh, but behind him, dude, it was it was great. It's, it's, the 11th, it's the 11th win in a row for a Red Bull, sixth win in a row for Max. Uh, McLaren looks like they have speed again. Whatever upgrades they brought to Silverstone. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I mean... Lando P2, Oscar Piastri with P4, and Piastri ran in the podium for a long, long time. Uh, I don't know if they figured it out, but they figured it out. And they, I mean, it's almost, that's ridiculous. It's, the way it, they 
Brown. It, it's nuts, dude, because they were they were one of the worst teams on the grid. Like they were, you know, they were probably eighth or ninth on the grid. And just in a matter of whatever whatever upgrades they brought, because they brought it last week to Aust- Austria for Lando, and Lando had a good showing, and then they brought more this week and gave it to Lando and Oscar Piastri. And I, I mean, the McLarens looked that they were rocket ships. I mean, they were they were great. Um, and I mean, it was let's see. I, I think Lando Lando was on hard tires and Lewis was on soft tires and Lewis couldn't catch Lando to, to get P2. Um, so I, that's, I'm a huge Lando fan. It's great for McLaren. Uh, Zach Brown sort of seems like a doofus, but uh, you know, I, I, I like Lando. Oscar Piastri seems like a cool guy. Um, I, I think Mercedes right now are, are the clear cut second in the Constructors' Championship, but that could change very drastically if McLaren can keep having the performance they had this past weekend. If they can roll out consecutive podiums and top twos, top threes, top fours and stuff, and, and possibly even win a Grand Prix here or there, um, McLaren, uh, Mercedes might have a battle on their hand because it's it's pretty obvious Ferrari has absolutely crapped the bed once again this year in Formula 1. They're, they're, they're nowhere even close to them. Uh, so yeah, I think McLaren's McLaren's gonna hop up there and possibly challenge Mert uh, for number two. In, in, in driver news, Alpha Tauri they get rid of Nick DeVries and bring in uh, an old head, a familiar face. Mister Danny Rick is back on the Formula One grid. I was so excited when you texted me this uh, earlier this week, man. I love Danny Rick. Yeah, uh, everybody. I mean, that's obviously a wildly popular uh, move. Sucks for. Uh, sucks for Nick DeVries but uh, I think I think Red Bull always planned to get uh, Danny Rick back in a car once he came back into the organization it was just kind of a matter of time so here we are uh, I, it's not a Red Bull it's a Red Bull light um, but it, it is it's still within the uh, organization and here we go and I mean, Nick DeVries is only one of one of two drivers in the entire year that has not scored a single point. So, I, you know, it, it's between him, he hasn't scored a single point, and Logan Sargent for Williams hasn't scored a single point. And I'll be completely honest with you, half the time I forget, Logan Sargent is on the grid. I, I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot he was out there, um, which sucks because he's from the U.S. It would have been nice to have a good driver kind of represented out there. But um yeah, no points, no points so far for uh, for Nick DeVries, who's out, and bringing in Danny Rick. Do you think Danny Rick is probably the most popular driver on the grid? Do you think he's past Lewis? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, this is the F1 equivalent of Chase Elliott getting a ride. Like if Chase Elliott kind of was away from the sport for a little bit and somebody hires him, um, that's kind of the, uh, the equivalent. Now, obviously... F1 world is different than NASCAR world because at no point would Chase Elliott not have a ride in the NASCAR world right now. But uh, F1, there are only 20 seats available, and sometimes things uh, things happen, and, and drivers that are deserving of a ride don't have one, and and the other way around. So yeah. I'm I'm glad Danny Rick is back. Uh, I I think I'm in line with you. I'd like to see him eventually work his way back into a Red Bull. Um, if he still got it, so this this is probably his chance. You could always see a, a, a swap too, 
maybe next year where somebody at Red Bull, obviously not named Max Verstappen, uh, goes over to AlphaTauri and uh, they bring uh, Danny Rick over to the Red Bull. So it, there's a lot of options in play, but Danny Rick is back on the grid and that's all I care about right now. My, my F1, my Danny Rick comp for NASCAR would be Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, because I because I think Junior and Danny Rick are insanely popular for something other than their driving ability. Like uh, you know, nothing to take away from Danny Rick or, or, or Junior. Like they are both really good drivers, but neither one ever won a championship. You know, like yeah. you know, but I, I think they're just they're very charismatic, um, and especially Junior now, the older he's gotten with the the Dirty Mo Media and the way he's opened up about his dad and some of the stuff that he's doing now. I, I think he's just pulling, just raking in fans. Um, I think Danny Rick and, and Junior share a lot of a lot of similarities. And the rumor is around the paddock now is that this seat, the Alpha Tower, the Alpha Towery seat between Yuki Sonoda and Danny Rick will be determining who takes Sergio Perez's seat next year. Um, it's pretty much, yeah. yeah, it's pretty much determined that Sergio Perez will be gone from, from Red Bull next year and either Yuki Sonoda or Danny Rick will be in that other Red Bull seat. Uh, and, and they think they're going to bring back Nick DeVries into that Alpha Tauri seat um, because of he, he's another Dutch guy, another Dutch driver. Um, he brings some money to it. He, you know, he's, he's been a pretty successful uh, driver in, in the lower ranks. So that's the, um, that's the rumor going around. F1 off this week. They go back at it uh, next week. They will be in Hungary. Hungary next week. Uh, and then after that spa, and then after spa, they had the month long, uh, summer break. So, um, hungry next week where Max will, will win. And, uh, tonight, man, we got some racing going on tonight. The SRX series is tonight, Thursday night thunder on ESPN, which I am super stoked about. Um, I don't remember what, I think it starts at like seven or eight tonight, uh, nine starts at nine o'clock. So all SRX series thursday night thunders will be at nine o'clock tonight on espn they are at the stafford motor speedway and a lot of big name drivers are going to be out there tony stewart brad kozlowski marco andretti bobby labani denny hamlin kevin harvick and kenny wallace i mean they got some they sort of got the who's who of of nascar alums to come out there and race in this xrx series was really neat yeah yeah for sure um i'll miss this one tonight unfortunately um, Jess and I are going to go out and celebrate our anniversary, which is tomorrow. Uh, but with me flying tomorrow, tonight is our our chance. So we're going to go do that tonight, and uh, I'll miss this race. I'll try to – I think I can watch it on demand on ESPN. Should uh, be later able to. Tonight. Should be able to. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll try to get it in, but I'll miss it live. So no spoilers uh, in case I can get home and watch it. Or, or another suggestion here, <laughs> you go to a restaurant that has TVs. Well, we already know the restaurant we're going. I don't know if it has TVs or not. But, uh, you might want to call ahead and just you know, maybe request a TV if they don't have to you know, just install one. Just flip it on the <laughs> that, that's a good way. To, that's a good way to get slapped and not have a not have a good night for a, for an anniversary dinner right there. Yeah. What do you mean, honey? Sure. You didn't want to go to Taco Mac for our anniversary dinner? I thought that was a perfectly romantic place. <laughs> You're gonna over here. <laughs> Uh, also, this weekend is the Goodwood Festival of Speed over in England, which is a lot of fun to watch. A lot of cool cars going around over there. There's, They have time trials and stuff, but I just like to see the the interesting cars, the old cars, the new cars, the concept cars. It's it's a it's a fun little thing, and it's all free on YouTube. You can watch all of it free. They 
they um, they stream all of it for free on the Goodwood Festival of Speed YouTube channel. So that's kind of a, a neat little little thing to watch as well to pass the time and waiting for uh, for real racing to start this weekend. But uh, Matt, you got any uh, final thoughts for our listeners before you head up to New Hampshire this weekend to capture a victory on Sunday afternoon? Uh, no, um, I appreciate everybody sticking around. Uh, sorry for we missed last week. Um, it is summer. We both have kids. Uh, things get a little crazy in times, but um, I, I am excited to be back. I'm excited to talk to you, and I'm excited to go to New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for being at a race. I'm excited to go back to another race. I'm excited to see uh, Ryan Priest hopefully compete and, and capture a victory at New Hampshire, and hopefully the rain holds off, man. Hopefully you get some uh, get some good good racing in, good weather, do a little anti-rain dances uh, once you get out of here. But for, for Matt Ridgeway, I am Bryce Sparling. We will see you all next week on Track Talk. Same time, same place.